Are you tired of putting yourself last? Of taking care of everybody else's needs and powering through to meet the next set of impossible standards? In our fast-paced society, we lose touch with our intrinsic worth, with the ability to value ourselves for who we are right now. Instead of living life exhausted, frustrated, and disconnected from your authentic self, maybe it's time to put yourself back in the life you've worked so hard to create. Join radio host and life choreographer Laura Cheadle and learn how to build your dreams and live your sparkle using the five steps of flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Build your dreams and live your sparkle. I have got an incredible guest on today's show, and I can't wait to introduce you to him and to chat about his book and his work with, wait for it, wait for it, wolves. Yes, I have got this amazing guest on today who does a ton of work with wolves, and I cannot wait to get into the meat and bones, huh? pun intended, of him and his story and his work. But before we do that, I want to take a moment to remind all of you out there who are interested in a fun summer fitness challenge. My fitness scavenger hunt has just started. So jump on Facebook, join the Flaunt Flock, and on the page there, there's a listing of 30 different places that you can go where you can snap selfies of yourself and then post them online. And the person who has the most fun fitness selfies posted wins. And guess what you win? You win an entire hour session with me. So get online, find out the fun fitness challenge um, items for the scavenger hunt and go take some pictures, tag your friends, get a team, and have some fun. All right, enough of the housekeeping. Let's move on to wolves, shall we? My guest is an author, a speaker, a transform transformational teacher, and he is also the founder of a sanctuary. Um, I would like to just bring on Teo, Alfaro right now so he can tell you about him and the wolves and the realms of the wolves and what we can learn from wolves in our everyday lives. So thank you for being here and welcome to my show. Thank you, Laura. It's such a pleasure being with you. Uh, um, your scavenger hunt sounds really fun, by the way. Oh, it, it's a ton of fun. So hey, maybe you can join along. It's really fun. I get a couple of wolves with me. I like that idea. Okay, let's talk about wolves. Holy cow. How did, why wolves? And how did you first connect with wolves? You know, um, uh, why wolves is, uh, you know, the wolf is the first animal we ever associated with. Um, you know, indigenous cultures around the world have been talking about this for, for, for as long as we've been in contact with them. Um, and now science is beginning to confirm or suggest that the wolf has been, we have, we have literally been running with wolves for perhaps hundreds of thousands of years. And, and um, so, so scientists think that by now we have a, a, a DNA memory of our connection with wolves. And that's why, you know, they, they produce such a, an intense emotion, whether positively or negatively, uh, among people. 
Um, go ahead. That, that's incredible. I had never thought of it in terms of a DNA memory, but that makes sense because most people are either completely enthralled with wolves, like I am, or they're terrified of them. They're, you're right. There are very few people who could kind of take them or leave them. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I think it, it, uh, I speak about this uh, in my book, um, one of the chapters that I call the human wolf, which uh, the premise is I, I propose that the wolf is our mirror in the wild. It reflects the good, the bad, and the ugly. And whatever we see in the wolf is what we have in our hearts. So when we see uh, the wolf that is so, um, you know, truthful and, 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 and committed to, to their family and their pack and, and loyal and, and uh, collaborative, that's what we, we have, we see in ourselves. When we see the wolf as this vicious, uh, you know, uh, bloodthirsty, uh, selfish, uh, angry, predatorial, that's what, you know, it, it's in us. So um, it's very tough, obviously, to admit that. And that's why, of course, we're going to go and if we see the worst in them, we want to go and try to destroy them. But, you know, the, the bad news is that the heaviness or darkness in our hearts will not go away by creating havoc in nature. That resonates so strongly with me. That makes so much sense. And you're right, by trying to destroy something outside of us, it's not going to work because it's within. Yeah, well, that's what we do. Uh, you know, look how we treat each other. Look how we treat our relations, how we treat our, our uh, intimate relations, our families, our work, you know. Um, unfortunately, we are in a culture that is, you know, this is nothing new uh, for you and your listeners. We're in a fear-based culture that is all about separation. So we, we see us separated from each other, and, def and definitely we see separated, ourselves separated from, from nature. So, you know, we have this concept now, people want to immerse themselves in nature to heal and all this. And that concept still has the inherited belief that nature is out there. It's something that is, we need to immerse ourselves in when nature actually is in every one of us. We are a, a mammal, we are an organism that came from nature. And, and if we really slow down for a second, we'll find nature right in, in our hearts. Wow. Okay, what has, what this is kind of peaking in my psyche <laughs> is a couple of different things. I agree with everything you said, and that's really insightful. And I see the humans and kind of humanity at a place where we've been struggling for a while. And it seems like we're kind of on the precipice here. Either we can really fall forward and start healing ourselves and our world, or we can kind of go back the other way and everything will fall apart. Since humans and wolves are kind of a mirror of each other, what's happening in the wolf population right now? What's happening within wolf society? Well, that's a, that's a wonderful question. Uh, let's not forget, uh, only just a few hundred years ago, the wolf uh, populated the entire Northern Hemisphere in, in the hundreds of thousands, including North America, 
uh, you know, it's estimated that maybe half a million wolves were here by the time the, the settlers came in. And right now we're considering, you know, there's a comeback of the wolves and it's just a few thousand, you know, and there was a point where a few, a few hundred left. It's only a couple, a few decades ago before it was uh, protected by the Endangered Species Act. So, so definitely the wolf is, uh, the, the, uh, at least the biological entity that we call wolves, uh, you know, wolves exist in other layers of consciousness, but the biological entity has been going through a, um, some form of a Holocaust and genocide <laughs> over the last few few uh, decades, where uh, only a, a few are surviving, and entire blood lineages of wolves have been lost in different areas uh, of uh, of Asia and Europe and North America. So that's definitely happening, and that's uh, you know we we are the direct cause of that by you know. Just in the 20th century, several times, governments of states or federal governments have set up bounties for wolf uh, population reductions where professional hunters were, get, were getting paid by the pair of years. So they're getting paid by the, by the pelt. So they were all there just decimating by the, by the hundreds. Um, that being said, turning that question a little bit upside down, uh, the wolf, now science shows uh, you know, for the study of epigenetics, um, we are discovering that there is some parallel in our evolution with wolves. And there were a, a couple of instances in our history where we almost got extinct. Right. You know, and the, yeah, the most recent was about 70,000 years ago. There was a cold spell through the Ice Age and so on. And, and, and it seems like we looked at the wolf for guidance, we began hunting with them, traveling or migrating with them, organizing ourselves socially in small villages and extended families in order to take care of our young more efficiently. And so the world has taught us how to survive and thrive in a sustainable way in the past. The, what I'm proposing, a wolf connection, and with my book, is that the wolf can help us do that again. They have yes. done it before. So it's not a, a new relationship. It's just reclaiming an old bond that we used to have and is dormant within us to get a clue. I mean, right now we are, we are the most clueless species on this planet yes. and the most powerful. Yes. And that's terrifying. What, I mean, that combination is truly terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's the... Uh, the my my grandfather used to say like the you know the the the, the chimp with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now I know you talk about some of the wolf principles and how like that how we can learn from the wolf and how we will be going back hopefully and renewing this bond to this partnership. Can you talk a little bit about some of these wolf principles because it's my guess that some listeners are going that all sounds great but. What does it really mean to be a wolf and how can they help us? I don't understand. Yeah, how do I do it? So, uh, sure. And, and, uh, and just to clarify, I don't propose to go back to any prior way of being. What I propose is to reclaim it and integrate it with our modern technological society. So um, I think uh, the technology and, and the advancements of, of, uh, of our society have brought a great uh, standard of living and great joy and longevity to, to 
to a lot of us, to most of us, to humanity. So, but we lost our direction. We lost our rights of initiation. We lost our connectedness to, to nature. We lost our inner guidance. And we are just putting everything outside. You know, some machine will tell me what to do or some post from some other wise person that is not me. Mm -hmm. So what I propose is that we reclaim these ancestral ways to find that guidance. So as we continue advancing technologically, we're advancing the right direction. Thank you for that clarification, because absolutely, yes, there are many beautiful things that come with technology, and there's many great strides that we have made. It's just, you're right, it's reclaiming, and it's that integration of the powerful ways of the past with the new, modern, powerful ways of the future. So thank you for that clarification. Sure, sure. Well, you and I couldn't be talking right now without this beautiful technology. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And same thing, the wisdom of the show, the wisdom of the book, you know, being distributed amongst people all over the world. That couldn't sure. have happened. So absolutely. Yeah. So wolf principles, what, what yep. does that mean? Well, what I meant, uh, um, just for, for context uh, to you, to your listeners, uh, you know, Wolf Connection is a nonprofit. We have a couple of hundred acres just north of Los Angeles where we rescue um, wolves and wolf dogs mixes from all across the country from dire situations. So either illegal ownership, fur farms, um, roadside zoos, and stuff like that. So wow. they, we are a full-fledged rescue organization. Okay. Now, they are, when the wolves come to the ranch, they get rehabilitated physically and emotionally and mentally to become ambassadors in the human world. So we focus on serving uh, youth mostly in foster care, in drug treatment programs, in juvenile uh, you know, detention facilities, gang members, and veterans. Wow. So, so the Wolf Principles, what I, I, I tried to create was very simple lessons. You know, the, the, the people we serve come with deep emotional wounds that many times impair our ability to comprehend intellectual concepts, to uh, grasp or rock uh, a, certain, a certain lesson or teaching. So I, I aim to have very simple one-sentence lessons that um, with an experiential component would help these populations uh, really find a way forward. So these this are, uh, you know, uh, you know, first wolf principle reads, uh, wolves are okay with who they are, right? And, and you know, easier said than done <laughs> yes. you know, to be okay with who we are, right? So yeah. one simple lesson. And what I meant by that is, um, you know, being okay with who you are um, doesn't mean liking who you are or liking the place in your life. It's just being able to observe it and, and be with it. And what that, the great benefit, the great healing of that is that it, it, it uh, um, erases the deeper layers of judgment. An example, I lost my job. That's the fact, right? But then in my head, I will go, well, I lost my job because I'm a loser, because I'm, I'm, I'm worthless, and because I don't deserve happiness in the world, and... And, you know, I'm right. You now we're going to all these layers 
of self-judgment than, than actually they're more damaging and more painful than the actual fact that I lost my job, right? It, which happens a lot, and then you find another job and go on with your life. Right. So being okay with the actual fact erases all these other layers of damage and prevents from, you know, a downward psychological and emotional spiral. So that was, you know, so the, the other lesson, we, I can tell you a, a couple more, you know, that, you know, wolves work together to succeed, you know, or, or wolves let go of the past and make room for new things in their life. Hmm. And one of my favorites, wolves are into being, not into doing. Huh. Right, so, and so the experiential piece is, you know, you know, these youth, these young men and women come to the ranch and they go, wolf are into being, not into doing. Uh, what, what is that? So what we do is we get some wolves and we go hiking with the youth in the mountains uh, here around the ranch and we get to a, to a, a hilltop or, a, or a, the edge of a cliff overlooking a vista and we sit there for 20 or 30 minutes in silence just contemplating nature and contemplating the vista with the youth and the wolf sitting next to them. We teach them a simple uh, process of, uh, of uh, transcendental meditation to just, if any thought comes, you let it float like a cloud or you let it, you know, go by the wind or whatever, you know, we give them some, some uh, uh, um, uh, visuals to, to help them move forward. And then we sit there. And, and that experience of being in nature next to a wolf uh, just in silence has wow. proven to be extremely, extremely healthy, uh, health, uh, healing. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine because not only I would think, do you become fully embodied, but having that powerful presence next to you that is also fully embodied, it just seems like it would be such a deep experience. Yes. And then, and you, and you, and you brought the, the, E word, you know, perfect, embodied, right? Because I mean, we're, humans, we are hell bent on trying to figure it out from the neck up. Yes. And and that's how we got into all the trouble that we are in. We, you know, we are a talk, talking heads. And and when you the wis the body has so much more wisdom than the that the head ever will. You know, I yes. talk actually about this. There's a chapter on the six uh, the sixth chapter of the book called the Cosmic Wolf. Uh, I'm sharing, uh, um, I have a certain training uh, in, in the shamanistic realm for many, about 20 years. And, and so I had an um, uh, encounter with the wolf consciousness in states of, uh, of uh, lucid dreaming. Yeah. And the wolf, is, uh, the wolf is explaining the they were there when we created the ego and the, and the self-reflection. And they explain why was that at the energetic level, and they explain what was the function of it, and they explain what went, what went wrong. And then they go on to say, you know, what's the, what's the function of the mind, right? And what they said is something that I teach my students, uh, not the, the youth that comes to the ranch that much, but I have some one-on-one -on -one students that are advanced students. They, um, is the function of the intellect as the conveyor of energetic perception, meaning Hmm. The confusion here is that the, the head leads the, the journey. And the head is like, like sitting a five-year-old at the wheel of the car. That's just, just not equipped. No. Right? So they're going to no. drive it into the ditch. And, and they have the best intentions and they want to save the day and they want to do it carefully. They just don't know how to do it. 
the mind is the same. The mind it was it was conceived as a very efficient survival apparatus device that was supposed to help us connect with each other and convey direct knowledge, convey energetic perception, convey feeling, sensations, uh, uh, the embodiment that you were talking about. So right. if we feel and sense first, and then the intellect conveys it, trans translates it into a, into a relationship, now we have a game. But we are skipping the first piece, and we, we know we just go, you know, the mind will spin out of, re out of reality into its own stories. And of course, you know, there's, there's nowhere to go from there. Right. Okay, so what about personally? Were you always, you know, living in your heart, connected? Or was this a transition for you too, where you had to get out of your head and out of your ego and start connecting with, you know, the greater you, the, the real you? Oh no! I was a very enlightened and and wonderful human being from the get go. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we all could be that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what you're talking about, Laura. Because <laughs> I was born perfect too, just for the record. <laughs> I get it. I get it. That's just uh, yeah. It's just that's what we are talking. Right, right. So no, I mean, uh, most of my life and still today, I you know, I'm I'm I can be a, a, a you know a moron just walking down the street. I, um, you know, I I grew up um, I grew up in South America, uh, very entitled, very um, arrogant. Um, uh, there was some 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 pain in my my upbringing that I I covered up with with a, a facade and a bravado and a and a, and a uh, again and you know like a false arrogance that that would. Uh, you know, would help me walk. You know, talk my way out of uh, out of murder. Yeah. And and so, you know, my my only survival skill growing up, and you know, until not too long ago, <laughs> was to look good. So right. I would look good by either delivering, or I would look good by making up stories, lying, cheating, whatever whatever it had to do to look good. I mean, looking good was the synonym synonym of survival for me. Right. So um, I, I had a journey, and for whatever reason, uh, which you know we, we can discuss in at another time. Whatever reason, I I, I stuck to the journey. I uh, maybe the pain was too too high, or the or I discovered something in my body that can be leading into continuing reviewing my life, continuing exploring. You know. Speaking, you know, turning every stone to understand the human condition to the best of my ability and so on. But, you know, I had a, there was a journey there. Yeah. So did the wolves come first or did the shamanistic practices come first? What's, what's the interrelation of those in your journey and finding your way to where you are today? Great question. No, the, the shamanistic practice came first. Um, from, from my teen years, I always been curious. So I was looking into Eastern tradition and, and uh, Celtic culture and different things that always intrigued me. Mm -hmm. And in my mid-20s, I found the, the, the writings of an uh, author and anthropologist uh, called Carlos Castaneda. 
and he, the, his writing captivated me. I found the transmission that I was looking for, and, and each paragraph had a reaction in my body, like you mentioned earlier. Yes. And so I, I, I felt called to, to pursue that. So my coming to the States was uh, pursuing um, an apprenticeship with, with him. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So when I came, uh, I, 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 in the first chapter of the book, I tell about the story briefly. And when I came, uh, to the, I, he used to live here in Los Angeles. And when I arrived, he, he had just passed away a few months early, and I didn't know. But I was lucky enough to to um, connect uh, with his colleagues and his direct apprentices for many years. And I became a student myself. And that was 20 years ago. Um, so th that came first, and I've, I've taught, I've traveled the world teaching for years. And then the, one of the concepts of, of that tradition uh, is uh, finding your path with heart. Oh. The, the, the shamanic principle is that, you know, in the world of energy, everything carries an equal weight. There's yes. no right or wrong. There's no, but eventually you need to make a decision on how are you going to apply yourself. And you can apply yourself to anything, but if you pick a path that has a heart for you, the journey becomes more enjoyable. And Wolf Connection has become that path with heart for me. Wow. Okay, just in those few sentences, I had like 15 things that I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try to like, whoo, 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 check some of those off. First of all, I wrote this down. When you said how you're going to apply yourself, that just unlocked so many different things for me. There are many people that I've talked to in the past who have talked about or have made comments about energy or you know shamanism or any kind of spiritual practice as being woo-woo or fake or not real. And for some reason when you said how you choose to apply yourself, it gave me a different level of understanding because it still is that choice. Like you said, how are we going to choose to apply ourselves? What is that path that we're going to take? It's still action. It's the beautiful, energetic heart connection. It's being open to nature, to our dreams, to the magic that is out there. But it's one step more. It's the application. It's choosing to go on that journey. And I don't know why it just resonated so strongly with me, but it just made me see things differently that it is a choice and that you do have to move into it. You're not just sitting back saying, yeah, all of you come to me and it'll just be perfect. And I'll never have to work in my life. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it makes total sense. And I, I love that, that that particular point really called you because that is the crux of the matter here. Yeah. For, I mean, you know, let's be honest for the majority of people, any spiritual practice is, uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, we are, you know, weekend, weekend spiritual practitioners. Yes. Right. So, so yes. shamanism, shamanism, you know, they, you know, they, 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 many people play the part, uh, you know, dress up in, in, in shamanistic getups and with feathers and, and necklaces and burn sage. But mm -hmm. then when it comes to dealing with life, they deal with life just like any other Westerner from the head up, from the yes. neck up. Right? Yes. So there is a, a fundamental transition that any Westerner will have to make if they are to really 
trust the world of energy. Mm-hmm. And the, the transition is what I explained earlier. Perception yeah. first, intellect second. Yes. Oh my goodness. That makes such a huge difference in life. And it's so much more intuitive and it's so much more fulfilling. And I get more done when I lead with heart and I get way more frustrated when I lead with head. I'll, I know absolutely. that for certain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you said other things also, also in, uh, you know, the, the tradition that I belong to uh, uh, makes a point on you become a practitioner or um, it's not the word shaman, but, a, you know, a, a, a man of, of action for the time that you live in. Hmm. Right. Uh, many people think about shamanism and they think the way shamans used to be 100 years ago or the way shamans are in the top of the Peruvian mountains when, right. in fact, we are living in the United States in, in big metropolis. So what does that shaman in Colorado or in Los Angeles look like? And in my opinion, looks like a man or a woman of action that is completely attuned to the times he or she lives in. And, and, uh, imbues everything he or she does with the, the transmission of the energy that comes through. That's beautiful. Yes, that's absolutely it. That's to me, the crux of all spirituality. And that's amazing. Now, I want to hear about the first time, because you were saying, you know, you, you came to California to, to study and to become an apprentice. What happened with the first wolves that you started working with? How, how was that for you? Thank you for that question. That, that was uh, 10 years into uh, my, my living in, in Los Angeles. And um, it, we came across... Um, you know, when in the world of energy, there's no, there's, you know, there's no coincidences. I mean, there was a, a line, a, a current of energy that brought us together, but I didn't see it at the time. I mean, the, the, this little wolf saw it, but I didn't. Hmm. You know, long story short, her name was Tala, was a, as a young six-week-old wolf dog puppy that, um, that a friend of mine had, I mean, from some backyard breeder in L.A., and I called me one day and said, I have some wolf puppy that I'm trying to sell. Do you want to see one? I'm like, sure. You know, and I was, I had, you know, I was, I was traveling, teaching. I was uh, doing, uh, you know, lecturing and so on. I mean, I, I was not, I had no intention to have a pet. And then this, this friend shows up to my house and I find myself playing with this beautiful spirit in my front yard and I had a little a pond with koi fish in my yard and she would jump in it, come out, get my slacks and shoes all wet and, <laughs> and it was adorable. And I said, thank you, but no thank you. I, did, I rejected the animal. I was, I was a busy guy, I didn't want to deal with pee and poop and hair. Right. And yeah. So, and this little puppy was completely unfazed by my rejection. And, and energetically kept coming back. So what happened was uh, my friend actually ended up keeping her and, and his other dogs were having issues with the puppy. And they, you know, there were some fights and so on and the puppy got hurt and he calls me for help. And I'm like, well, sure, you know, bring the puppy for a couple of days until things calm down in your house. So the puppy comes to my house. I, you know, I go to bed. I locked her up in the kitchen so she doesn't pee all over my house. And around one in the morning, she starts howling. <laughs> you know, and in my kitchen, this high-pitched little howl. 
and and that that how pierced through my heart in a way that I we were bonded for life that very night. Um, and she became, she became, I mean, I say this in the book, she became the, uh, four legged love of my life. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh. And how long, how long were you two together in body? Let's put it that way. Cause I know you're together in spirit forever. Yep. Well, she, she passed away about two years ago. She was nine. Okay. And and um, yeah, she she contracted an aggressive lung cancer, so she oh. young, she she died a little young. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah. I have a hard time speaking about that without, you know, breaking know. down this deal. Um, so, so we spent the first couple of years together. She was you know in the car with me doing, you know coaching and teaching with me, going to the bank and the supermarket with me. I mean, everybody knew her. Uh, uh, super well, well-behaved, well-adapted animal uh, with a heart-opening energy that was incredible. Wow. And, and eventually I began looking for a playmate for her. So I, I, I went into websites for rescuing. And it's not easy to find, you know, a wolf mix in a, in a rescue site, but I did. And then when I went to see this animal that I saw in a little picture online, it turns out that they had 16 wolves and wolf dogs that, from a hoarder facility that shut down in the desert. A really sad story oh, of, of, um, of abandoned neglect and, and, and mistreatment and abuse. And um, so I show up to this dog rescue facility and they have these animals in the back. And instead of taking one, I decide to stay and volunteer and help out. And three months into that helping out, I was coming to leash train them and feed them. And, you know, I made every mistake in the book. I had no idea what I was doing. Of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So three months into it, I'm, I'm speaking with a woman that owned the place and talking about the weather. And all of a sudden these words came out of my mouth. I said, you know, all my life, I wanted to start a wolf sanctuary. Until today, I have no idea where those words came from. I don't know if it was, you know, the wolf spirit speaking through me, if it was some longing that I had within me that I didn't know I had. That definitely was not true. It was not in my vision board to start a wolf century. It was not something that I... And, but at the moment I spoke those words, those words were true, were heartfelt, and and this 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 woman friend of mine, she said, well, you know, I, I'll help you. I teach you whatever whatever you need to learn. And she followed through, and I never looked back. I mean, I made that statement, and within a few months, I found a piece of land that I could lease and and build some enclosure and and, and move all the wolves from that uh, dog san dog rescue center to a to their own sanctuary, and and that was ten years ago. That is so beautiful. And what I think is like extra beautiful about that is that is exactly what you were talking about is finding your path with heart. That's leading from your heart and letting the intellect figure it out later. Because so many of us, I think, have had experiences like that 
where spirit speaks through us or where something happens, but then our head gets in the way and we say, that doesn't fit with my life. How would I figure it out? I don't have the money. That's stupid. And we talk ourselves out of doing exactly what we're here on earth to do. That's exactly true. I mean, when I, when, when I, I voiced this uh, unknown uh, statement, I, I was at a low in my life. Actually, I was in a transition. Um, uh, I, just, I just went through a car crash. I didn't have a car. I had to borrow a car. I didn't have much money. I was blah, 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 blah. I mean, there was, there were, I had no clue how to work with walls. I never ran a nonprofit organization before let alone started from scratch. Uh, I, you know, I had no idea of the laws and regulations of running a, an animal sanctuary. I mean, nothing was in place. Nothing. Right. Except right. the fact that I burned my ships and I marched forward. That's right. the only thing I had in my favor. Right. That's amazing. And then it seems like it's probably led to the writing of this book. And that's kind of what I want to find out about now. I mean, you go from nothing to being kind of interested to having a wolf to having a sanctuary. And now you've got this incredible book out there about wolves. How, what was the inspiration for this book? How did that start? Well, it's twofold. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier about this download, uh, this transmission that I got from the wolf, the wolf consciousness uh, yeah. in the state of dreaming. And one of the instructions from the wolf was that you cannot keep this message to yourself. You need to go and tell and, and share it. Yes. And initially I was conflicted about it because, you know, even though I have, uh, you know, two decades of shamanic practice and I don't ever, I mean, I'm, I'm the CEO and founder of a respectable non-profit that has national recognition and you don't in in philanthropic you know non-profit you, you don't just start talking about shamanism and and, and quote-unquote woo-woo stuff right. because you need you need grants and government funding and agencies that do not consider these things so so at no point on the on the website or in anything that is done at wolf connection this is in the forefront Hmm. Even though, you know, like I said before, all my training is an undercurrent on anything we do. Yes. Right. So I was conflicted because the wolf is telling me, go and tell this man, share this message with everybody that's willing to listen. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to lose credibility. How this is going to affect me. I was, I mean, I have, I have several insecurities and eventually I said, well, I need to do. So, and then I, I get pushed to do it, I mean, it was interesting. I'm a member of an organization called Association of Transformational Leaders, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with a, a lot of authors and so on. And um, and I was in one of these gatherings with uh, some of my colleagues talking in a circle. And I'm, quite, you know, I think I'm, I'm bluffing. I mean, I'm stating uh, an intent, just like I said, I, I want to start a wolf sanctuary. I said, you know, I'm writing a book about wolf connection and so on. The person standing next to me is a publisher for Simon & Schuster. You and have she said, to be kidding. She said, yeah, I'll, 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 I, will, I want to publish your book. Let's sit down and talk. So in a way, I mean, uh, you know, the, the wolf spirit said, you know, let's call the bluff. Let's do it. And of course, I could not back, back out of that one. So she was very gracious, gracious to, to, to guide me through the process of writing, you know, the, the, the initial proposal and so on. But, you know, Simon & Schuster bought, bought the, uh, the, the book and, and, uh, and then... 
and then I went, you know, um, and a very intense, I mean, you're a writer too. So what it takes to, to put a book out is, is no, no joke. Yeah. It was a 18 months of, you know, 16 hour days at times and sleeping in the same chair that I'm writing and continue. I mean, it was, it's, it's, it's a big sacrifice and big effort. Yeah, it really is. I love though the, the wolf spirit provided not only the inspiration, but then the vehicle to get that book out there. So that's fantastic. It to me that really speaks to the power of the wolves and the wolf spirit. Well, yes, and I think what I said before, you know, I burned my ship so the, the this wolf medicine, this wolf spirit knows that it has me for yes. whatever is needed. I trust that input and I trust that guidance deeply. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm here. Yeah. And, we had, and, and I think, and, and that level of commitment uh, paid off in ways that I couldn't imagine. For yeah. example, you know, part of my tradition, uh, I, I mean, I didn't think I was going to end up in another, in a committed relationship or with a family. And, and the wolf brought me someone that has become my wife. And now we have a five-year-old together and you know that, that whole thing opens up one of the wolves told her when she was pregnant i mean the 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 way the wolves have have woven themselves into into my everyday life is uh um, i'm so grateful that's amazing um i have one more question then then i want to kind of go back to that wolves weaving their way into your life because I've got some personal questions to ask you about the way wolves keep showing up in my life. But before we get into that, um, I wanted to kind of tie up with your book and how hard it was to write. I know you've got this nine realms structure that you use for your book. Can you tell listeners about that? Sure. So, you know, I wrote the book in a way I wanted to uh, give the reader a, a comprehensive experience of wh- who the wolf and what the wolf is for me. Okay. Most people think, you know, you, you say wolf and they think about the animal that is in the wild hunting deer and bison and, and you know, with puppies. And that's true. But that for me and the way I, I present the wolf philosophy is just only one way to speak about wolves. So in the book I present, you know, the ambassador wolf, which is not the wolf in the wild, but the wolf at the ranch changing lives, changing human lives, transforming, uh, you know, raising consciousness in the world. Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, the, uh, the human wolf, which is what I was discussing before. The wolf, you know, reflects us on the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love that. Then the, the, the cosmic wolf, which is this uh, consciousness that came and gave me a download of lessons and wisdom that now I'm sharing with everybody that is willing to listen. The mythological wolf. I mean, uh, so so after I received my my wolf message and download, I, I'm like, well, who else has got this message? I mean, the the wolf actually said, you're not the only one. There, you have wolf sisters and brothers all over the world. Go find them. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the mythological wolf was a way for me to say, well, who else has has heard this? And then I conducted a research all over the world, and I, you know, the the Every every uh, early culture, all around the northern hemisphere, not only North America but Europe and Asia, there are wolf legends and mythology in Tibet and in China and in Japan and in Turkey and and in in in, in Saudi Arabia. I mean everywhere. And so it's wolf mythology. So there are people that have heard this message over millennia 
and I have translated it into, into stories and legends and myths. And then the ritualistic wolf is what, what is the practical application of those myths, the mythology. So the same way that I create a wolf connection for that is a, that is a project of our time. Uh, earlier cultures created all these rituals of initiation, uh, rituals of, of uh, transformation, of growth, of social or social interaction and social configuration that help them uh, Im imbue their everyday life with the wolf message. So that's why, I mean, in a way, you could say it's nine books in one book, right? Because H. Right. Rayam really speaks to a very distinct way of looking at wolves. Wow. Yeah, that gives me a lot to think about. I'm really excited to get this book. I, I said this before the show. I don't have it yet, but I'm dying to get it. And this kind of leads me into my next question, which was sharing a, a bit of my personal story and then helping me figure out which of those nine books like this might apply to. And the reason that I'm sharing it is it's my hunch that there are listeners out there who might also be thinking, wow, there's something powerful about the wolf that's like, it's tickling my brain and I don't exactly know what to do about it. Um, I was at a really, really low point in my life about a year and a half ago. Um, it was horrific. And I kept having dreams about sitting by a fire at a desk and my feet were resting on this wolf and that we were just sitting at the fire and my feet would be resting on the wolf. And she would look up at me and, and I was just so peaceful and secure with her. And that was kind of my first I mean, I've always liked wolves. You see wolves, I like them, but I wasn't obsessed with them. But this wolf kept visiting my dreams and she was very comforting to me. And then not too long ago, I went to a get a massage and I was in the wolf room and I was so lit up. I was so on fire. And I mean, it was just kind of silly, cheesy drawings all over the walls of wolves, but I felt like I was one with the wolf. And then the massage therapist, I forget where she's from, but she works with wolves. And I lay there on the table and I said, I love your wolves. And she said, I channel the energy of the wolf and they brought you here to me. And as she was doing this massage and this energy practice, oh my goodness, I have never felt anything so powerful yet peaceful. And it's gotten me really curious, like what are what is my connection now? Where do I need to go from here? How do I learn more? What are, you know, are there dreaming practices can, that I should do? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Because <laughs> I guess well, I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, no, no. And this is, this is, uh, I, I, a lot of the people that end up coming to visit me here at Wolf Connection come with, you know, I, I, I mean, I have this wolf ap appearing in my dreams or the visions or, uh, so this is, uh, you know, the wolf is uh, um, a very influential energy in, in, the, in the human consciousness, uh, so influential that most of us take it for granted or don't even notice it. Huh. Um, but, I mean, the same way your massage therapist said the wolf brought, a, brought, brought you to her, it brought you to me as well. Yes. Right? We are talking, you know, because of this. Yes. Right? So yes, there are dreaming practices, and I can show you, show you, show them to you. And I think uh, you know you need to get on a plane and come visit the Wolf Connection. 
I think I need to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then go from there. We'll see where that goes. But, uh, you know, we'll sit down and we'll do, a, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, some stuff <laughs> yes. and, and see where it goes. I am all in, let me tell you. And I'm planning my book tour that circles through California. So I am putting that on the calendar and we are going to do that. Please do. Yeah, I will. I will. Now, what about for some listeners who maybe don't have the opportunity to go to California? Um, They can read your book and I'd like you to share the full title and where they can get that so they can kind of you know, start learning, but do you have any other resources and information to share with listeners who are interested in learning more? Sure, sure. Well, a number of things. So the book is called The Wolf Connection, What Wolf Can Teach Us About Being Human, uh, released by a major publisher. So it's available in every, any uh, book uh, selling outlet online or or brick and mortar across the country. you know, the proceeds of the book uh, benefit a nonprofit organization here in California with the Wolf Connection. So um, then if you if, if people go to my teoalfero.com website, there's another document with material, it's, uh, some free information with material that is not in the book. Uh, you know, the four things that I learned from Wolf. So if people sign up to uh, uh, my mailing list and, and newsletter, they will get that for free. Uh, there's constant material that we, we're going to be releasing. There is an online uh, Wolf Academy that's going to be launched in the next few months. So all that information can be shared with uh, people that stay tuned. And then we do workshops uh, a few times a year, a Wolf Connection for the general public. There's a, a Women and Wolves workshop that we do a couple of times in the year, which is about finding your, you know, at this, specifically for women and finding the inner inner wolf and wow. then I uh, there's a you know a, a wolf warrior training that I do I do personally do for men oh. that is uh, about finding that for in, in for men and then I do some co-ed at, uh, weekends a few times in the year that people can can join oh that's um, amazing yeah on a personal practice I I, I teach teachers so some, uh, you know, intimacy, tantric, shamanic, um, you know, that they come and study with me at different times. Um, but that's a conversation for another time. Absolutely. Oh, that sounds fascinating as well. I, I love, I love the tantric practices. And I don't know, just thinking about that in terms of the wolf energy, that sounds incredibly powerful as well. A couple of quick questions. I am guessing that some listeners might be thinking, wolves and you know power animal and spirit spirit animal and and that my spirit animal is something else i was hoping you could kind of address the idea of a spirit animal versus working with the wolves and kind of the whole interplay of all of that in your experience sure uh, again, you know that the, there's uh, an energetic concept of the spirit animal, and then there is a human identity with it. Yes. Right. So we, you know, people that sometimes do a, a journey, a meditation, drum circle, whatever that is, and then they find a spirit animal. Um, uh, many of us get um, almost fixated on it. 
And the truth is that any one of us can connect with more than one spirit animal, or one, more than one helper that comes to us at different times. I personally can connect with any animal, insect, lizard, a bird, fish that ever was, and, and use that medicine for different things. Now, the wolf, according to what the wolf told me, the wolf has been the key that unlocked our ability to connect with the entire natural realm. So the wolf was the first animal that we connected with, and through that learning, we were now we are able to have any spirit animal. So the wolf is not, you know, trying to have the exclusivity on it. And it's a very generous energy that that um, uh, allows us to expand our predilections in any way we like. That, again, makes so much sense. When you were saying that, it was like, oh, of course. That makes perfect sense. Thank you. Yeah. Um, second question that I had, because we have got listeners all over the country, all over the world. Um, is there anything that they can do to support wolves, whether it's your sanctuary or other sanctuaries in their own states or countries? Is there anything that they need to, you know, look for before deciding to contribute or how can they help wolves in their world? Well, there are many ways and wolves would be grateful to, for any help. Um, Definitely supporting local efforts for rescuing and conservation. That's a very valid. Uh, I personally recommend that people support the smaller grassroots organization more than the multinational nonprofit. Um, I think some of those small organizations do great work and many times don't get the, the support they need. Yes. Uh, I can certainly say this, the, that is true for Wolf Connection. I mean, it's, as an emerging nonprofit, it's always a a struggle to keep up with the demand, to keep up with the need, and so on. Uh, some organizations focus on local rescuing and sanctuary, like we do. Uh, some other ones local, uh, focus on, on influencing policy for uh, conservation and, and, and ecology. Very worthy. I would say your listeners focus, I mean, do some research on the organization. Um, that they actually do real work and it's not only about pulling heartstrings. Right. Um, right. In some cases, they just do this, you know, this a good rhetoric, but it's not legs behind it. So make sure that they do the research and their money goes to support real efforts that make a real difference. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, wolves are in, in need of support and, and, and backing anywhere. I mean, in Europe, in North America, uh, um, in Asia, there are wolves that, uh, you know, being hunted, misunderstood everywhere. So, yeah, by all means, get involved. I mean, it's just a, bunch, uh, a matter of spending some time doing a little bit of research. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for that. Do you have any last words of inspiration or wisdom or what I'm kind of most interested in is any other words or messages from the wolf that you would like to share with our listeners today? What the wolf has told me is that the, the cosmic meaning of the word wolf is heart. So it's, 
walls is literally hard energy. Wow. And yeah. And if we are able to allow that into our lives, not only as a buzzword at a yoga class, but really as something that we're going to apply in life and, and apply it in our relationships, apply it at work, and trust it. You know, yeah. we, many people are scared of bringing, the word, bringing up the word consciousness or, or heart or uh, oneness, right? I mean, it's fun to read about, but then we're scared to share. And, but then you open your mouth at work, and then you're the person that's been working next to you in the cubicle for 10 years seems to have the same fears and never mention it, but they are, they are, they are practitioners, they are meditators, they are people that actually believe. So by trusting it and, and bringing it up really uh, can, can bring it to the forefront of people's awareness. And we, and we can hopefully make it a, a, a conversation uh, in, in areas uh, you know, wider than, again, the, you know, the, the Saturday morning yoga class. Yeah. Very well spoken. That, again, everything that you say to me just feels like, oh, of course. Of course it does. Of course it does. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for heeding the call for, you know, being guided along the whole way from that first little wolf to hearing those words come out of your mouth and for doing the work that you're doing. And thank you because I know you're changing consciousness and lives and most definitely hearts through the work that you are doing um listeners once again you can get a hold of um me at laura at laurachetel.com i can connect you i'm going to definitely put up information on you know the book and the sanctuary and all that stuff on my website but one more time i would like you to give your email your contact information so listeners can find out more well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. To find out more is uh, wolfconnection.org to get involved and to find out about my, my teachings, uh, teoalfero.com. Thank you so much, Teo. It was an absolute pleasure. Listeners, I really hope you got as much out of this as I did. I want you to have a fantastic week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come release self-judgment, reveal your naked self-worth, and re-choreograph a life filled with joy. Flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more at laurachedle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. 